Hey guys, welcome back to the Pearls and Perils, and we are back with another podcast. I'm your host, Peter Kay, and I'm really excited for today's show. As you can see from the title, it's called Dear Black Woman. Now, you're probably wondering why is it called Dear Black Woman? Well, this podcast is not just for black women, but this is me sharing my experience navigating through life as a black woman. You know, in light of everything that's been happening, you know, in the news, in the media, in the US, everything that's been happening um, in Nigeria, all over the world, there are things happening. And everything that's been going on has just been really causing me to think a lot and remember certain situations that I've been through and also things that I've been seeing, you know, people post on their stories. It's helped me to see that a lot of people are hurting. A lot of people, a lot of women are hurting. Their scars, their, you know, deep-rooted insecurities, anger, grudges because of situations that they've faced in their families, in their workplaces. And I just felt really inspired and compelled to make this podcast. I've never made a podcast like this before, but today's show, I'm really going to make myself vulnerable. I don't know how this podcast is going to be received, nor how it's going to be perceived, but honestly, this podcast is to help, is to educate, is to share my story, my journey. Um, It hasn't been an easy one. Those that follow me on Instagram, those that see my story so if if you've been following my podcast for a while you'll know that um I've been through some stuff I have but there's a lot I've never spoken about um on my channel but in this new phase of my life I'm rediscovering I'm remembering what my purpose is I'm remembering you know why I set out to do what I've been doing. You know, I've been doing my podcast for a good couple of years now, but it's been a very on and off thing. I initially started it and I'm still doing it for the same reason, which is to help, which was to share my experiences. As you can see from the title, The Powers and Perils, I don't remember how I was inspired by that name. Actually, do you know what? I think it was a quote that I saw once and it always stuck with me and I thought, yeah, because I was trying to think of the name for my blog and that just stuck with me. So in life, I have gone through some perils, a lot. You know, growing up in the UK as an immigrant, an illegal immigrant at one point, and it made navigating through life very difficult, very, very difficult. I always knew that I had potential. I always knew that I could accomplish great things. Like even in my most insecure moments, I always knew that there was a purpose for my life. And though there was many times I didn't believe it and I felt that it was too big, I couldn't do it. I knew that there was a greater purpose for my life. There's so many um, deserts and difficult moments I've passed through even some of my friends don't know because do you know sometimes when you've gone through something and you've overcome it you don't really think about it you don't think about it anymore you even forget sometimes when I share certain things whenever I share my testimony or my story it's like speaking about it it's almost like I'm speaking about someone else and that's why I'm making today's podcast so just to remind you it's dear black woman so like I said it's for all women Um, but it's just me sharing my experience as a black woman. This podcast is dedicated to all the black women out there who, you know, aspire to be better, who aspire to meet their potential, to be the woman that God wants them to be. This is for all the women that don't believe in themselves, that think that they can't do it, that, you know, are battling with depression, oppression, all these 
all the shuns, you know, insecurities, um, I've been full of them. And if I've been able to overcome it, I know that you can as well. And I really, really hope that this podcast helps someone, even if it's just one person, then that will make it worth it. So, um, touching on the current affairs, like I said, it's really just resurfaced some things. It's helped me to remember experiences that I've had. If you saw an IGTV I posted on my Instagram a couple of days ago, I think it was last week, maybe, um, I've only ever experienced direct racism on two occasions in my life. And that was in primary school, the first one. Second one was in when I went to Manchester. I'm not going to go into both of them now because it's not really what I'm speaking about today. But if you want to hear a bit more, then you can go check out my um, IGTV. It's still there. I'm not going to delete it. Uh, my Instagram is pkg underscore 995. But it would be my bio wherever you're listening, whether it's on SoundCloud or Spotify. Um, but I've been seeing so many posts on Instagram mainly because I don't really go on Facebook much. If I do, it's just to share something. And it's funny because it's made me realize that I have been through racism a lot more than I um, realized I had. A lot of it, like I said previously, it wasn't direct, it was indirect. And a lot of the experiences that I faced, it really shaped insecurities and um, fears inside of me. So I just wanted to share this podcast to talk about my journey, what the process was like and how things are for me today. So like I said, we're talking about Dear Black Woman today. This is my journey that I'm sharing with you and I wanna encourage any other woman that's listening to share your journey as well. Share it with me. I wanna hear your journey. I wanna know what the process has been like for you. Even if you're right now, you're not necessarily towards the end of this process because you know what, we're all in this process. It only stops when we die and even then, you know, there's gonna be another process after that. But um yeah I want to hear do you know one thing I love I love I've always been a listener always been a listener up until today I'm still a listener except except when it comes to my husband I talk more than he does but with everyone else I am a listener and it's not because I don't want to speak I just love to listen to people I like to understand I like to see and understand what they've been through if that makes sense I've just naturally been the agony aunt from a very young age I've always been the one that my friends would go to for their boyfriend troubles and dramas at home I was the one and I never really had anyone that I could go to that I could vent to that I could speak about some of what I was going through with and as a result I kept a lot of negative emotions inside of me which I will talk about later on so just going through my journey I remember growing up I've always been surrounded by love I can never take that away my mum listen shout out to my mum my mom is the real MVP. You know, getting married, leaving home, her leaving and moving countries and not being able to see her as often as I did when I lived with her, it's really made me appreciate her even more. Like my mom, honestly, everybody says their mom's the best, but for me, my mom is the best. And it's crazy just saying this now, it's even making me emotional, guys. But I'm not trying to be um crying on this podcast. But like when I think about the sacrifices my mom has made for me, the investments she has made in me, I can never say that my mom never supported my dreams. My mom's never been the kind of 
parents who um, forced me to do anything except for going to church. She did that one. She did up until I was like 15, but then she allowed me to make my own decision and work out my own salvation with fear and trembling, as she'd always say. But yeah, um, she never forced, never. So even my friends would be like, "Oh, my parents that make mom at them force me to do this. I have to do this." My mom never did that. She never forced me. She never said you need to be this. If I told my mom, "Mom, I want to be an actress," just know she'll be finding money for them acting classes even if she needs to work extra time my mom has been so supportive she has been a part of my support system even when I didn't even think she was supporting me she was supporting me and I'm so grateful for her like honestly I thank god for my mom and I appreciate her so much more now and I'm glad that I'm able to appreciate that now while she's still alive because unfortunately sometimes we only appreciate things when we lose them so I'm glad that I've been able to appreciate her and still have her if that makes sense so honestly shout out to my mum she's been amazing she's taught me so much I've learned so much from her um if you follow me on Instagram you'll see that I've recently started my financial coaching service and I was speaking to my mum about it I sent her a voice note sent my sister a voice note my support system shout out to my big sis as well I love her so much we used to fight a lot guys it was so bad we had two remotes for our tv <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy but yeah um shout out to them love them um so I told my mom about what I was gonna be doing and listen my mom when I told you she's the kind of person I can tell her mom I'm gonna be an astronaut she's gonna say go there I believe in you and she really encouraged me and she's like you know what? I'm so proud of you you can do it and just having that support it makes such a difference I remember growing up I'd always think I don't need nobody I don't need no one it's a lie everybody needs someone everybody needs a support system and yeah like just having her has made such a difference and she's played an integral part of my journey so yeah going back let's go back a little bit in time so yeah um growing up I always knew that something great would happen in my life didn't know what up until today I'm not saying it's happened yet my life is not great yet but it's getting there is it's good it's not great yet but it's good um but yeah the journey is it's been for real man it's been it's been crazy but yeah I always knew that I wanted bigger I wanted better for myself like I was always that kid that was like it's funny I've been an entrepreneur all my life guys listen to this so when I was younger um there's a family that used to live with my family and I used to have my own massaging services so there's one of the girls that I used to live with so um I would charge her to do massages for her because she'd always ask me oh massage me so I'd be like yeah sure but you have to pay so I remember I was charging her I think five pounds and at the time I was like the funny thing is thinking about it I was really young I was under 10 hundred percent under 10 because the house that I lived in before I got married I was living there since I was 10 so I had to be about eight years old or even seven, no, not eight, not seven. Yeah, I had to be about eight or nine. Imagine. I always had vision. I always knew that I wanted to create. I wanted to help people. Always. I remember once saying to my mum when I was younger, she's like, oh, what do you want to be when you're older? And I was like, when I, I want to get married when I'm 18, I want to have, I don't know if I said, it's either I wanted to get married at 18 or it was I want, I want to have children because I don't want to have them old. So in my mind, 
anything after 18 was old and um, my mum was like so how are you going to support your children and I was like oh well I have my own market store and I'll sell things so just those little things it's like my mind was already very entrepreneurial wanting to create wanting to you know be my own boss and that was from a very young age and my mum has always encouraged me you know I remember when I used to do my music lessons my keyboard lessons I used to do my singing dance and drama and um, my mum would support she would she would always make it happen um, I'd never go to her and be like, oh, mom, there's this. And she'd be like, oh, no. Even if she didn't have the money, she would sacrifice, make a way to make it happen. And honestly, if I ever have children, I will do the same for my kids. My mom, real MVP. I don't have a bad word to say about her. Um, but yeah, so going back to my journey, I always knew that I wanted something great. I wanted something better for my life. And comparing growing up as an immigrant in this country I was born in Jamaica and for a lot of people that meet me they always think I was born in this country and I'm like no I was actually born in Jamaica then I have to explain but obviously I've lived in the UK a lot longer than I lived in Jamaica I've lived in this country now for over 17 years coming up to 18 years in August I think I came here in 2002 so it's been a long time my life in this country guys I feel like I can write a, a chronicle a lo- loads of chapters on it Um, If that's something you're interested in knowing a bit more about, then feel free, let me know, and I'm happy to to share my experience. Um, So yeah, going back, so life in Jamaica was actually good. You know, financially, there wasn't a struggle. I don't remember ever struggling as a child. We had our own house, we'd go on holidays, you know, and at that time, I'm not sure if it's still like that in Jamaica now, but to travel, it was one, it wasn't cheap. So being able to go on holidays, I remember by the time I was seven, I'd already been to Boston. So I've been to America only really. I went to Boston and I've been to Florida by the time I was seven. And cause I moved to the UK when I was seven. So I had to be younger than that, but I do remember it. And I enjoyed it. I love traveling. Look at me. I, that's why I've been loving traveling for a long time. But yeah, so I never lacked, never lacked anything. And coming to the UK and having such a transition, a surprising one, because normally when, especially if you um, have been brought up from another country, then you moved here later in life, everybody thinks the UK is a land of milk and honey. They think it's a promised land. So coming here and thinking, yeah, because everyone comes here looking for a better life. I know that a lot of people have their opinions about immigrants and I feel passionate because I'm an immigrant. It's funny because sometimes people make comments and I'm like, I'm I'm sticking out for immigrants because I'm an immigrant. I still have my Jamaican passport. I always want to add that bit in there. But for me, it's like, because I was so young at the time, I never had expectations. Imagine I was seven. I was just thinking, oh, we're moving. Okay, great. I never had any expectations. But as I got older and I started to make the comparison of how my life was then and struggling being here, moving from house to house. I remember in our first few years in this country, we lived in many places. If you're from London, um, I'd lived in many places in East London. I never lived outside of um, East London, but I'd lived in many areas, many, many areas. And the struggle was real. There was never a day I went hungry, thank God, but the struggle was real. And um, just going into another topic, if, as I said, if you want to know more about that kind of life, feel free. I'm happy to share. And if you're going through the same, listen, it's not forever. Nothing is forever. Um, you just got to use your faith. You just got to invest in yourself. You just got to believe that your life can change and do your part. I feel like this podcast is going to be long, so I'm already letting you know in advance. Stay with me. If you can't listen to the whole thing at once, then do your little part one, two, three listens and get through it because I really pray and I hope that this podcast is going to help someone. So growing up as a black girl, 
I had so many insecurities and a lot of my insecurities, it didn't come from direct family, but it would come from little comments. I remember once um, someone said to me that, they're like, they asked me, how are you? And I was like, I'm fine. And they're like, are you really? And I remember I I had to be about 10 years old, maximum 11. And when they said that, first I didn't understand, but I just felt uncomfortable. I remember feeling uncomfortable, like, why would you say that to me? And I had a lot of insecurities. I compared myself a lot to other people. And if you've listened to previous podcasts before, I think my insecurities one, one of my insecurities was my skin. Um, If this was a video, I'd insert pictures of me when I was a baby, but it's not. So just imagine. Um, When I was younger, I was really light. So I was light from a young age. But as I got older, I started to get darker. And as I got darker, the insecurities grew. I remember little comments from people. I don't want to specify just in case. I'm trying to offend no one. I'm just sharing, you know, my journey. And I remember comments like, oh, I used to be so light when you were younger. And it's like, it's not that, saying that is not wrong. You're saying a fact. But the fact that you bring that up, it made me think like, oh, so it's being that bad. I remember being told by someone once, oh, don't play out in the sun, you're going to get too dark. Now, this was not someone who was white that said that to me. This was someone that was black. And just those little comments, this is why it's so important. If you have children, even if you don't have children, actually, it's so important to measure your words. Be very careful about what you say to people. I've learned this and I'm still learning because sometimes you say things, you say it from a good place, you say it from the intention to help, but you end up hurting, you end up harming the person. And those little comments, though it may seem small and insignificant, it really built deep seeds inside of me. And the insecurities developed from there. So I started to hate my skin. And I remember in, um, back in the day being dark-skinned, well, even now it's still not cool, especially for women, you know, I feel like when it comes to being dark-skinned, there's a certain level of dark skin that people think is nice. It's like when you're in between dark skin, it's just, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, especially if we look at fashion industry and models, most black models are more of, I'll say Lupita because I know her, her name. I can't remember the other model's name. There's one in my head, but I don't remember her name. But it's like, there's two polar opposites. Of course, you have your Tyra Banks, you have your Naomi Campbells, but Naomi Campbell's dark skin anyway. But generally, when it's a fashion model, when you look at magazines, if it's going to be a black woman or a black model, they're very, very dark or they're very, very light. There's never really that in between. So for me, it made me feel like, just in a weird place. It's like, I'm not light skin, I'm dark skin, but I'm not dark. (laughs) You know, where do I fit? I remember feeling uncomfortable with my skin. I remember feeling like, hating my skin. And especially my skin is patchy. So I have light parts, like my nose is light, my cheeks are light, lighter, my chin's darker. Um, my lip area is a bit darker as well, dark circles. Um, I remember just hating my skin. I remember there was a time, do you know the, those hair shops? If you've been to those hair shops that predominantly sells African, Caribbean hair and our kind of products, you will see that they have right, generally right where you pay, these skin lightening products. So I remember I'd see them and the thought would come to my mind, oh, why don't you buy one? Why don't you try one, you know, tone, quotation marks your skin. And that, that thought was there for a while and I genuinely, genuinely 
wanted to try it but the one thing that stopped me from doing it was i used to cuss people that bleached it actually made me angry um one thing i'll say as well growing up i had a lot of hate a lot of hate inside of me a lot of insecurity a lot of grudges a lot of hurt a lot inside of me i was very bitter very negative um very judgmental very 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 judgmental so yeah so i remember like being very like angry like when i see someone i will bleach i used to call them zebelusher um so like i'd say to my friends um whenever we'd see someone that bleach i'd be like oh look at that zebelusher um and it would just make me angry like why would you bleach your skin but imagine i'm out here judging this person that's probably got this insecurity as well because you can't bleach and say you're not insecure about your skin do you know what i mean but i'm not here to talk about um that kind of topic today but i'll be judging them but deep down inside of me i wanted to do what they're doing i just never had the courage so that was one of the things that was an insecurity that i had also another insecurity that i had was my body from a young age i remember having an eating disorder not a lot of people know this obviously today you see me i'm thick gums and um i remember from about the age of six whenever i'd have my breakfast i'd end up, I'd end up throwing up and it was never something that I did intentionally. It would just happen like clockwork. I had to be about five or six. And I remember my mom taking me to the doctor. I had a blood test. And I think they'd said I had bulimia. So remember, bear this in mind. So at that time, remember, I wasn't doing it intentionally. But I think it was very psychological. Because I was always a chubby child. I wasn't fat, fat when I was younger. I was always chubby. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so just bear that in mind. The fact that it was never intentional at that time. It was just very automatic it was must have been something very psychological spiritual that was causing me to be thrown up all the time especially in the morning after eating my breakfast so growing up i remember hating my body you know feeling uncomfortable in my skin always comparing myself to other people so for a long time i struggled with my body accepting myself you know i was always on a, some kind of diet or <laughs> some kind of you know madness i remember when i was about 14 that's when i really went hard on my fitness i lost quite a lot of weight i probably lost about 20 pounds 25 pounds and the my confidence grew because i got lots of compliments oh wow you've lost weight i'm like yeah so the confidence grew um but if people knew what i did to lose that weight i was on one crazy diet what was the diet i'd have about 800 calories a day i was religious with this religious i'll count my calories i would go gym very very regularly there's this particular machine in the gym that i loved i'd stay on it for a minimum one hour but generally one hour and a half because that machine you burned a lot of calories on it and it was more like one that works your, your full body so i would be on that machine all the time like in my mind i'm like yep i'm gonna get skinny mm-hmm, i'm gonna get skinny and then that was basically my journey in terms of my body accepting myself and on and off the bulimia would be there as i started to get older probably around the age of maybe 13 14 i remember there'd be times the thing is i was never someone that would excessively eat then make myself throw up but i would just make myself throw up sometimes especially when i was trying to lose weight or maybe if someone would make a comment about my weight then it would make me feel like you know what i just want to be i want to be skinny that was my that was my mantra i want to be skinny i want to be skinny um depression that was there from a young age like my mood was very up and down and my mom could see it because she'd always say like you're right what's wrong she'd always call me a baby and i would never say 
not because I didn't trust her, but I just didn't know how to express myself. I didn't know how to really open up about what I was feeling inside. I didn't understand what I was feeling inside. And so obviously I couldn't really vocalize it. And everything that I'd feel, I'd keep it inside. I feel like sometimes as black women, there's this expectation for us to be strong, for us to be a certain kind of way, for us to be, you know, we can take anything, you know? And I just felt like I always needed to be strong. No one told me that, but I just felt that. And I think for me as well, because I looked up to my mom so much and I saw her as strong, I felt like I needed to be strong. There's very few moments I've seen her vulnerable. So because I didn't see that as much, I guess that made me feel like, you know I mean, my, in my eyes, my mom was superwoman. So I felt I needed to be superwoman as well. So yeah, I would just keep everything aside. If I was feeling sad, I would just go there in my little corner. If there was no way to go to the toilet and I would just cry. I remember those times I just felt sad for no reason. Like, I couldn't explain it. I remember one of my lowest moments. I think I was around 14, 15. And at the time, um, I was I had my application in the home office. I was trying to get my papers together and all that stuff. And I'd got my first, I think it was either the first or second rejection at that point. And it was around, nearing towards my GCSEs. And I remember that there was that, there's other things going on at home. And I just wasn't happy. I was just feeling so down. I just felt like, what's the point? Like, I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of feeling like this. I'm tired of having to worry about this. Like, I just felt like the world was on my shoulders. And not because my parents put pressure or stress on me, but that's just how I felt. I took it up on myself. And I just felt very low. And I remember that time, like I said, that was one of my lowest moments. It's like my life, my spirit was just so broken. I was just so sad. Like inside of me, they just felt like there was a big black hole of emptiness. Like I just was sad and nothing could fill it. I remember I used to listen to music from morning, noon and night all the time. I used to sleep with my phone under my pillow. My mom would always cuss me about it. But I was attached, you know, to my phone. I'm a little bit today, but it's different. It's more because I'm always talking or doing something. And a lot of my work is on my phone. Um, But yeah, like I literally sleep with my phone under my pillow. Imagine. So yeah, I just felt so low, so sad. There was just this deep sadness. And I remember I went through lots of phases. I won't get through everything today. If you want to know more, let me know and I will go through it. I don't want to bore you guys or for it to be too, too long. But yeah, so I remember just feeling like this. And it's like that letter was the catalyst for my, you know, brokenness, my sadness, my depression. I remember those times I just walk like, and I just, I'm not even going anywhere, but I just walk and I just feel like, do you know when you feel like someone's literally sitting on your shoulders that's how I'd feel I'd feel so low so down um and I'd even just look at the cars like just wanting to jump in front of it but just never having the courage to actually do it and for me one of the things that kept me from you know actually because I would have suicidal thoughts as well that was another thing I'm just gonna pause for a little second have a little break I'm gonna have some water so yeah so what was I saying one of the things that kept me from actually committing suicide was faith I always grew up going to church so I did I do not did I do believe that there's a heaven and I do believe there's a hell and yeah so that's really to be honest what kept me from actually committing suicide if it wasn't for that I would have done it to be honest 
Um, so yeah, I just remember feeling so low and I had a friend, I, I don't know, maybe she'll be listening to this podcast, Daniela. Yes, you, Daniela. Goncaus. She'd be like to me, what's wrong? Like, you don't seem the same. There was other people as well, they could see it because at that point, I just couldn't be bothered. I didn't have the energy to fake it anymore. I just didn't have the energy to. And Aromi, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you listen to my podcast, girl. I remember as well you saying it, you saw it. She was like, and you, I remember, I don't remember if it was you or someone else. They used to call me Moody Rudy because back in the day, my tag name was Rudy because as you can tell from the name, I was rude. Um, I'm not so rude today. I'm trying to change. I'm refined. <laughs> I'm joking. But yeah, I remember her or someone like someone in my friendship group calling me that Moody Rudy because I would have moments where I'm good, I'm fine, then I'll just go like t- um, quiet or, you know, irritated really quickly. So I remember even like thinking, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I like this? Why are my emotions up and down? I don't understand. I remember Googling it. <laughs> Google never google your symptoms guys it'll tell you you're dying or you got cancer but i remember googling it and reading about something called unipolar or unipolar i don't know how you pronounce it um i'm i'm pretty sure that was a term so it was on bipolar but it was related i remember reading that and i thought oh my gosh i'm bipolar there's something wrong with me but there was definitely some deep mental health issues there plus there was a depression plus the fact that I never opened up about anything kept everything inside and because I did that I would always implode I was never really I was an angry person but I wasn't really someone that got into a lot of fights I've been in like one fight my whole life and but apart from that I had a lot and I would just keep it inside and then there was just there would just be moments where you know like a pressure cooker and it would just explode so that's one thing I'd say as well if you're that kind of person that you bottle everything up don't do it like just don't do it to yourself let it out if you're feeling sad let out the sadness and keep it moving don't hold it in don't feel like oh I need to be strong I need to be of the faith like listen let it out if you feel sad let out the sadness talk to God pray about it release it you know there's a reason why there's tears there's a reason why we cry you let it out and you move on from those emotions so i um we just keep everything in i felt like i needed to be strong i needed to be superwoman you know um nothing phases me i don't care what nobody has to say i used to say that but really did i mean it Mm-mm. it's like the sticks and stones will break my bones but words will never hurt me all of that stuff i would say it but really that was not my reality at all um also a part of my journey another thing was fear I had a lot of fear as I said I always felt like I knew that there was some greatness ahead in my journey I knew it and you know what I think that's all a part as well because of how my mum raised me she would always encourage me she'd always push me like she made me feel like I could do anything so that brought like a sense of confidence in myself that you know what I can do I can be something um so I always had a fear, a fear of failing, a fear of, you know, not reaching where I wanted to get to. So even in like secondary school, I put a lot of pressure on me, pressure on myself to be successful, to get the best grades that I could. Like for me, getting a C was a fail. Getting a B was a disappointment. It's like, even when I got my GCSE results, I remember being so disappointed because, um, my goal would have been A's and A stars. I didn't get any A stars. I got A's though. I got four A's and six B's. But for me, I wasn't content. I wasn't. It was like, oh, like for for example, I did triple science and the ground was real. All my triple science gang, if any of you are listening to this, Debsy, um, Aromi, were you my triple science class? Yeah, you were. 
but yeah anyone that was in triple science listen hold out all of you guys that was hard man um i had a teacher i love my science teacher i had two they were really cool i really liked them they made science fun so I, they made it feel not as hard as it was and yeah anyways look at me i'm just trailing off but yeah so i remember i had all this pressure i was like i want to get i want to get a's because my because i was doing triple science my aim was to get three a's ended up getting three b's and i remember for chemistry i was so mad because i was only a few marks off an a um but it didn't happen but i remember just feeling disappointed like my mom i'm pretty sure when i told her my grade she was excited and happy but i remember feeling like you know not feeling satisfied not feeling like you know i did it same again with my a-level results but to be honest looking back at my a-level results at the time i was under a lot of stress and not just that i think the way that i um studied wasn't really that effective and of course it's all about how you write the exam for my a-levels i ended up getting an a and two c's now for me this again was a fail i got an a in sociology a c in psychology and a c in drama and theater studies drama and theater studies my written exam flopped me it was way harder than i thought my practical i did i did really well on that but my um, written exam failed me psychology listen yeah these um examiners were out to get me because i remember in as i one of my um papers was remarked because my teacher she was like no how did you get a c she didn't believe it so they remarked it and it got moved up to a b and of course as i said to to you guys for me an a was what i was aiming for i'd always aim for the highest that i could possibly get so even that getting my results i remember feeling disappointed again in myself like oh i failed i've not i've not reached the the target the goals i've set myself so i had a lot of fear of failure i put a lot of pressure on myself because i felt like being a black girl i need to do better and within me no one ever said it to me but i knew oops if the sound went off a bit I slapped the mic by accident but yeah being a black girl I knew that I need I couldn't afford to slack I couldn't afford to sleep on my exams you know to not do well I knew I needed to do well I knew I needed to get the best possible grades that I could um so for me getting those grades I was like oh was that like I wasn't happy I really wasn't and then it took me a while to just be like do you know what PK we move let it go move on um and also I remember as part of my journey I remember this deep desire to fit in like I want to fit in I want to feel accepted and for a long time I just wasn't myself because I was just trying to please everyone I was trying to be everything to everyone and that just gets tiring if you've ever done that I always say I was like a social chameleon I was one person with this friendship group another person with this other friendship group I wasn't me I was fake big time fake that's what I would say I was I was fake I was not myself I was not genuine at all and this made me very exhausted tiring if you've ever changed yourself you know the way you speak the way you dress for other people then you'll know how tiring that is you know to suppress who you really are so um, moving on as part of my journey what else did I face I've made a little list there's so much on this list guys I might need to do a part two so as we're approaching 34 minutes I'm thinking I want to wrap up this podcast to 40 so if you like this part depending on how it's received I might do a part two if you guys want to know a bit more about my story and we'll do a dear black woman part two but for now I'm just gonna wrap up the key bits and then I can do the rest in part two if I make one so yeah I remember just a deep desire to fit in another thing I remember not feeling black enough not 
Oh, I need some more water. My throat is dry. <coughs> Sorry, guys. You know what? I'm not even going to edit that out. We're keeping it real and authentic on the pearls and perils. But yeah, I remember not feeling black enough, not in terms of my complexion, but in terms of myself as a person, because I'd get little comments like, oh, you talk white, you sound white, uh, you think you're better than us, um, you think you're better than everyone. Um, I remember once someone called me Perfect P, actually, I think more than once. And like little comments like that would just make me feel like, hmm, like, what do you mean? Do you know what I mean? I'm black look at me I'm dark skin but I remember just feeling insecure in myself and I'm not gonna lie though there was a phase that I was ashamed not of being black but of being Jamaican because I remember there was a period of time like people would always like come at Jamaicans especially like the Nigerians yes you Nigerians and it's funny I found that all my closest friends tend to be Nigerians I don't know what it is about you Nigerians but you just seem to love me we just seem to attract and get along but yeah so I remember like just feeling ashamed like whenever people ask away from i'm jamaican but i'm not like your typical jamaican like why was i saying that why was i feeling like i needed to defend the a whole country putting all of that pressure on myself <coughs> sorry guys if that was loud but yeah so um it's funny like one thing i always say is that time is a revealer of everything like at that time i just wish someone would have told me listen all of these things right now are temporary all of these little things you're worrying about this person said this behind your back this person ain't your friend no more like all of this is passing there is more to life and things things that you're worrying and crying and stressing about today tomorrow you're gonna even get forget about it i wish someone would have told me that um, but yeah, like I remember always feeling like I needed to defend. Oh, but I'm not your typical Jamaican or, or defending my family. Oh, but we're not like, and it's like, listen, like today I am proud. When people ask me, I'm Jamaican. When people ask me, oh, wait, are you, no, 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 no. I'm Jamaican. I'm a Jamaican passport. Um, because yeah, like, but, and it's funny because if, when I went to Jamaica, it's funny because here people see me as British, but on paper, I'm technically i'm a jamaican passport i'm jamaican right um but a british citizen um you whatever you call it yeah so <laughs> um but when i go to jamaica it's like i'm a foreigner so sometimes it's like you feel like where do i sit because for them they'll be like oh you come from foreign and like my jamaican accent is rubbish so i don't even bother to try to put it on because i'll sound dumb it, it's just completely washed out uh so yeah it's like feeling like where do i actually fit in i'm not i'm not british but I'm not, you know, Jamaica, Jamaica, Jamaica. But regardless, like, I'm so happy about where I am now in my journey and in my journey to self-acceptance, self-discovery, knowing myself, knowing God for myself. Like, it's been amazing because I've been able to overcome all of these things that I've said, I've been able to overcome them and believe in myself and accept myself because sometimes we're so busy we're trying to be accepted by people with trying to be this to this person trying to be this strong woman trying to be this person that's not phased by anything because a lot of the times like it's the whole narratives that they try to put on a black woman you know the strong black woman the angry black woman the passionate black woman oh you know black girls are loud oh you're laughing too loud all of this kind of stuff <coughs> you know um it's just like there's so much pressure 
to want to feel accepted, to want to feel a part of something. And I've just come to realize that acceptance starts with you first and foremost. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. You know what? I won't even tell you what time it is because it's crazy hours right now that I'm recording this. But it was one of those ones where it's like, you know what? I want to do it now while it's fresh in my mind than for me to be like, oh, yeah, I'll do it later. And then I don't end up doing it. But yes, yeah, so I remember I'm just feeling like, I want to be accepted, I want to be liked, but yeah, acceptance starts with you, you have to first accept yourself, you have to first love yourself, loving myself was one of the most difficult things to do, it was not easy, especially when you see all your imperfections, and we live in a world that reminds you of all your imperfections, you know, one of the things that, um, I didn't like was my hair and it sounds so silly because people always compliment me on my hair but I didn't like my hair I used to straighten it like crazy so to the point where my hair was so heat damaged that I'd wash my hair and it would still be straight and this is even after I stopped relaxing it because it was just that damaged um that's how excessive my straightening was um so yeah I remember navigating through my teenage years trying to avoid the stereotypes not wanting to be quote-unquote the typical black girl you know but oh now I'm different kind of thing and it was a very challenging process and I'm making this podcast like I said to share my experience and to remind you whether you are a black woman white woman I don't know your journey I don't know your story but as I said I'm sharing my experience as a black woman and it's not been easy there are so many expectations of us there's so many things that are said about us not only in the media within our own communities you know it's not easy but one thing is for sure you have to first love yourself accept yourself before anyone else can do that you are made perfectly like listen don't put yourself down you're gonna have people put you down know that accept that i would have come to accept that listen not everybody's gonna like me some people are gonna say you know bad things about me some people may not like what i wear how i dress how i speak how i look my hair whatever but it is what it is um i learned to start to embrace myself and that's kind of when i went on my natural journey of you know just growing my hair out in the sense of not straightening it like mad anymore i straighten it like maybe once or twice a year now um accepting myself and it's so crazy i used to straighten my hair so much that i didn't even know what my natural hair looked like in its natural state i never realized guys that my hair was curly it took me 15 actually 14 years okay i won't count the first five or so because i was a, a kid but let's say it took about nine or ten years for me to actually realize that my hair was curly how crazy is that you know a black woman and her hair we go through so much of our hair man it's crazy whether it's people cussing our hair because it's too short or it's nappy or oh watch good hair by chris rock really good man i love that program i loved that i loved it very interesting documentary check it out um but yeah you know us black women and our hair whether it's your hair's nappy it's too short you know it's not easy like if your hair's not a certain kind of way it's not easy people will say oh my hair's so short it never grows i'm not gonna lie i'm guilty of making comments like that but my point is if you're not someone that's confident within yourself you're constantly going to be changing yourself to please everyone and just know in the end you're not pleasing yourself and you're not pleasing god point blank period so as part of the process i had to learn 
to let things go, letting go of the hurt, letting go of the pain, letting go of the grudges, the bitterness, the resentment, not only towards people, but towards myself, learning and understanding that failure is a part of life. Not everything that you do is going to success, succeed. <coughs> You're going to take some L's, it's life, but learn from it. That's one thing I'm going to learn through every situation, good, bad, ugly, sad, learn from it, grow through it. You know, people say to me, oh, you, you seem like you don't, nothing bothers you, like, you're never sad. I'm like, what? Listen, are you crazy? <laughs> I'm human, I'm vulnerable, just like the other person. It's just, I'm not the kind of person to wear my heart on my sleeves. That's just who I am. I can't be someone that I'm not, like, do you know what I mean? That's just not me. And if I'm feeling down, I'm feeling low, the first person I go to, not even my husband, because sometimes he ain't got to understand, he's a man he's very rational i go to god i told god like god this is how i'm feeling you know i want to just hit this person right now or whatever it is i'm feeling i'm feeling sad i'm feeling insecure right now i'm feeling like i can't do it this is too hard the pressure's too much i go to god and when i tell you listen no one can ever tell me god's not real no one can ever tell me nothing about god and his existence his power because i've seen it I've lived it in my life through my darkest moments. I remember there was a time that I was prescribed um, strong um, painkillers because I used to have constant migraines. And I remember when I went to the doctor, my mom, they're like, oh, maybe it's exam stress, da, 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 whatever. And yeah, like no one can tell me. I've come from the bottom list of depression. I've overcome that. Today I'm not depressed. I'm not, if I'm sad, there's a reason. I cry, I move on, I let go. You know, um, today I have hope, I have peace. I One of the greatest things I have today that I wouldn't trade for nothing is peace. Today I sleep like a baby. There's no fear anymore of, oh, you know, what's going to happen in my future? I used to be very, very anxious about my future, which is why I was a crazy planner. I'm still a planner now. It's very important to plan, but I planned my life up to the T. I was going to get married at 21 to a rich husband um and everything was planned out it's crazy but i've learned to just take it one day at a time when you're when you plan too far in advance sometimes it just causes unnecessary stress and anxiety and you have to understand that life is a journey not everything is going to go how you plan even when you use your faith you will have failures but you just learn from them god wants you to learn something from every single situation good bad like i said um so yeah that's me today today i'm happy within myself i'm confident i'm a confident black woman okay i can't say i'm a confident woman without emphasizing the fact i'm a confident black woman i'm not ashamed anymore of being black i'm not ashamed anymore of being um jamaican i'm proud of it um yeah i love my country i love my people man jamaicans are funny we're funny people we are um but yeah so this was my journey I really hope that you enjoyed today's podcast, you laughed with me, you um, reflected on yourself and like I said, I always say guys, if there's any questions, any topics you want me to go through, then guys, drop me an email at thepearlsandperils at gmail.com. If you're not following me on Instagram, but you're listening to my podcast, follow me on Instagram. My Instagram name is pkg underscore 995. So yeah, guys, I really enjoyed today's podcast it's like I've gone on a journey through time looking back at how my life was how it is today and honestly one thing that I would say 
is that I wouldn't trade the decisions that I've made for nothing. Like deciding to give God a try um, at a young age, I was 16, when I really decided to just immerse myself in getting to know God for myself. It's been a journey. Have I made mistakes along the way? Yes, I have. I've had moments where I was very imbalanced. I was really religious, really judgmental. And if anyone's listening to this podcast that I hurt through my own, you know, ignorance and just not thinking about other people's feelings, I apologize if I ever made you feel, you know, like if I ever condemned you or made you feel any kind of way, honestly, I'm so sorry. That was wrong and that was not godly at all. But yeah, guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Share it with your friends leave your comments let me know your thoughts if you want to share your journey with me share it with me like send me an email send me a dm on instagram but yeah i really enjoyed this podcast and maybe i'll do some more podcasts like this let me know what you think i know it's a bit long but when i was looking on spotify i saw that people's podcasts are long you know some people's podcasts are one hour and i'm thinking my podcast is long when it's 20 minutes or 25 minutes so I hope it was worth the length and have a great day. So what I would leave on this note insane is just accept yourself, invest in yourself, invest in your confidence, invest in knowing who you are. We live in a world that we're constantly being bombarded with images, with ideas, with media here and there, you know, dictating how we should look, how we should dress, who we should be, how we should act. You know, there's all these narratives but we need to redefine the narrative we need to find who we want to be who god wants us to be and just embrace that don't ever allow people to make you feel you know inferior to make you feel that you know you're less you're less than anyone else no believe in yourself this is one thing that has kept me going there's been times where i've had dreams to do certain things and i've had people all say to me like oh no it's too hard i don't know how you'd be able to do it do this, do that, you know, come with their two cents. And I'm so glad that at that time I believed in myself. I knew who I was. I was grounded in, oh, sorry about that, my laptop. But yeah, I was grounded in who I was and I didn't allow that to stop me. So I'll be back with you guys next week. Have a great day. Have a great week. As I said, don't forget to share this podcast. Leave your feedback. Let me know what you thought of it. If you want me to do a Dear Black Woman Part 2, then let me know. So yeah, have a great day, guys. And I'll be back with you soon.